Okay, first and foremost, we are not mental health professionals. We are here to share our experience, but we can't give you medical advice. If you're experiencing a crisis, please reach out to a local or national resource. You can reach the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or find additional mental health resources on the ABA website. Hi, everyone. In the studio. Yay. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, we have had no tech difficulties yet. Well, like for like three minutes, but that doesn't count. It was mostly just us not knowing that was what us. we were doing. That I was not like. tech. That was us. <clears throat> yeah. So we're back. We're like, back. Welcome to Mensana, Emotion for Mental Health. This is a podcast dedicated to reducing stigma around mental health in the legal industry through weekly conversations. I'm Caitlin. I'm Laura. And we're happy to be here today. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we tried to like ad lib that intro. (laughs) We've been using a script until this point. How was the non-scripted version? Was it awesome? (laughs) I think it was awesome. Let's use it. Let's go for it. (laughs) We're leaving it. Let's just let's just dive in. We're just diving in. So um, first on the sketch, we are doing updates to our personal journeys, our mental health journeys. You want to take a stab at this, Caitlin? I feel like you have a few <laughs> updates you want to vent about. Yeah. Let's all wind together. Yeah. Um, so this is this is going to be a little bit of like a physical health update. Okay. Um, one well, thing. Physical, mental, yeah. you know, all one in the Just same. General health update. General health update. Um, I think I haven't really touched on this yet, but in addition to all the mental health issues I've been facing this year, I've also been dealing with some pretty significant physical health issues. Um, nothing like like major, but basically back in March, my eyes decided to be allergic to my contacts. The same contacts I've been wearing for 17 years. Same. Uh, not really. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> no, no, totally not. Uh, and so I had to stop wearing contacts and, and my eyes were like super red, super puffy, uh, really irritated, really uncomfortable. And I spent like a month or two in and out of the doctor, just like trying to not wear contacts for a while and then try them again and see if it would work. And it wasn't working. So eventually my doctor was like, well, you can wait like four months, come back and try dailies. I'd been wearing like month long contacts mm-hmm. um and i hadn't slept in that i i used to sleep in my contacts like every night for that's like not good right no for it's like terrible wear, no no i mean for probably like 10 to 15 years i slept in them every night which is terrible but then for the last like two and a half years i haven't been sleeping in them and so my doctor said you can either you know try in like four months with these dailies or with a different brand and see if that works but if it doesn't work then you're just gonna have to wear glasses mm-hmm. and i was like can I just get LASIK? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just skip all of this. Yeah. Can I just not wait four months? Because I like to play soccer. Mm-hmm. I like to work out. I just generally don't like wearing my glasses, especially this was over the summer. So mm-hmm. it was like I wanted to be swimming and out in the sun and I couldn't wear sunglasses. I couldn't swim without taking my glasses off. Yeah. It was frustrating. So I asked if I could get LASIK um, and he said, yeah. So I got LASIK in October and since then, I haven't been able to see out of my right eye, like, at all. Um, exactly the, what LASIK is supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, my doctor said that it's probably my cornea still being irritated from uh, earlier this year. And then he said that he actually did the right eye off-center. Like, the la- like the instead of, like, the middle of my eye being mm-hmm. lasered, he lasered, like, the inside of my eye, which is why I can't see. Like, accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
cool. Yeah. And so the reason I'm like going through all of this is because I just went back. So so he said at that point when he figured out that it had been like off center, mm-hmm. he said, I would probably have to go back in December and get LASIK again on my right eye to like center the surgery, center the lasering. Mm-hmm. And so I went back um, on Monday for a checkup or Tuesday, whatever, for a checkup to see if I like if, if everything was good and to make sure that that's actually what needed to happen, that I actually needed to get the surgery again. And now he's back to like not knowing. Now he's what? back to saying that he thinks my cornea is irritated. Oh my goodness, dude. But like I can see on the scan that the surgery is off center. Yeah. And I said that and I was like, so, but I can see on the scan that the surgery is off center. So doesn't that mean that it's off center? Right. And he said, oh, not necessarily. It could just be the way you were leaning when you were looking in the machine or the way you were facing. But this was the second time yeah. that the scan showed the same thing. Right. So I have to go back again. Oh, my gosh. In two more weeks. Uh, the surgery is is tentatively scheduled for December 5th. I have to go back on December 2nd to check my eye again and see if anything has improved. It's been two months at this point since I got yeah. the surgery and it hasn't improved. Right. So Doubtful. I don't think it's going to. Right. Um, and and the most frustrating part of all of this is that if it's not the surgery and it is just like my cornea being dry, yeah. I asked what I can do to fix it. And basically the answer is nothing. Like I've been using artificial tears four to five times a day, wow. maybe more yeah. since I got the surgery at the beginning of October. And he said like my only option is just continue doing that. Yeah. So all of that to say... This has been very, very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have been getting more migraines recently. I've been getting migraines my whole life, but recently it's been more. Like over the last week, I think I've had like three or four, mm-hmm. and that's a lot for me. Yeah. Um, so, so what I have realized is that physical health plays a huge role in my mental health. Yeah. Because ever since I went back to the doctor, I've been irritable I've been feeling more depressed I've been sad I've been frustrated I at this point have spent this entire year just trying to be able to see normally out of my eyes Mm -hmm. and nothing is going my way and it's like it's really frustrating so I have another appointment with my psychiatrist on Friday I'm obviously going to bring all this up to her this has been in general not a super great week yeah But I realized that I have these other external factors like my physical health causing problems that is contributing to this. And so I don't necessarily think like my medication is going to get increased or anything again. But I just want to talk through it with her because I was feeling pretty good. Like Mm -hmm. like up until yesterday, today's Wednesday, you guys are listening to this on Monday, but today's Wednesday for us. Um I up until that point was ready to tell you guys that like I'm feeling so good my medication is helping I think this 10 milligram dose is really gonna be right for me and now I'm just not feeling great and and it sucks because I don't want to just let like one thing bring me down when I've been feeling so good Mm -hmm. but it's hard not to yeah so so just think of like if you hadn't had your medication changed you know if that if that bump up in medication is why you've been feeling like a bit better yeah I mean I don't know imagine if you were still at the same level or didn't have anything at all like think about like how much 
that would affect you like that external thing would affect you then you would be feeling even worse so maybe maybe this kind of like crappy week is still like slightly less crappy than a week then yeah I think that's right I think that's a really good point I hadn't really thought about it like that but I think that I have for all intents and purposes dealt with this a lot better than I probably would have like mm-hmm. three weeks ago when I was really not well yeah so so yeah I mean that that's a yeah. good point it's gonna um, it's gonna those things are gonna punch you hard anyway for like, regardless sure. of yeah. you're on like 3,000 milligrams yeah. a day you know you're not gonna be like well yeah. oh well just can't see yeah and I'm <laughs> sure know. I'm sure that others can relate to this I'm sure you can relate yeah. to this but it's just that that thing of like you you try to do something to get better and it's just it's like constantly not working it's like every time you think that you fixed the issue and then then it's not better right and it's just so frustrating yeah because I mean it's out of my control it's for I mean it's kind of out of my doctor's control at this point like he did the surgery he's I I don't think he's like acting illicitly I don't think he like doesn't know what he's talking about I think that there's just this is a unique case Yeah. yeah yeah so so it's it's frustrating when like nobody can fix it when yeah. you just want there to be a fix and I think that it's a very parallel comparison to mental health like mm-hmm. sometimes there's not going to be an answer that you can just like do one thing and everything's better it takes time it takes a combination of things yeah. at this point it might be that I need to have surgery and also continue using artificial tears for a while right and I'm just gonna have to accept that and, right. and move on with that whereas but, you thought the surgery just would have been the one-time fix you yeah. weren't gonna have to worry about it again yep but the human brain really likes to do that. Like yep. just like pick different things and categorize them and tie them off in a bow. And then we don't have to waste our precious energy. Yep. Like literally like metabolically thinking or stressing or processing anything to do with like the thing that we're concerned about anymore. Yep. Like putting things in boxes and tying them and sticking them on a shelf and being like, cool, did that. On to the next thing is like what the brain's good at. And when it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. I don't know that could cause a whole other slew of like mental health things I felt like I dealt with that like a lot when I first started going to therapy because I sort of thought like okay like I have this one tool and then we get to tie this up and put it away and we don't have to think about it again and then it just the issues just kept on like it would be be the same issue and just would kind of rear its ugly head in different forms Mm -hmm. and it would be so frustrating because I was like you know I did the thing I went to therapy I went this many times I did this tool I get the tool I understand the tool like I feel like it's working for me but not in the manner I want not in the time that I want for sure yep so frustrating like yeah and uh, I think as lawyers we're trained to look for those answers mm -hmm. like we just want to find the law that answers the question we want to find the rule exactly yeah we want to find the rule that answers the question and tells us what to do and then fixes the issue and as we know as lawyers that's not the way it always works and I think that's why we have a job too right we get paid to like assess the gray areas um so that was like a very much a physical health update but it has been contributing yeah yeah exactly but I'm glad you were feeling better though before that kind of external circumstance happened that's like super encouraging me too cool yeah and I mean just again it's like every time I go to the doctor I'm expecting him to give me the answer and Mm -hmm. then this time it was like okay this is it like I just need to have surgery one more time and by the way if any of you out there have not had LASIK you're awake the whole time that they're <laughs> lasering your eye Sounds it is like a hard no yeah for me. yeah if you have anxiety like I do it is I mean it's terrifying for most people I'm sure but it is terrifying yeah they had me take Valium for the first surgery 10 milligrams of Valium and <laughs> they were like start with half a pill if you've never taken Valium before because you know sometimes it can be pretty strong and you don't know how you're going to react to it 
but I knew <laughs> that I was going to be fine if I took the full 10 milligrams <laughs> and I took the 10 milligrams and I like got in there and like 30 minutes before the surgery the doctor came in to check on my eyes and make sure that they were like getting numb and everything because they put drops in and I was like so I'm kind of freaking out <laughs> did you say it in hushed whispered tones I, like I that? did I was like so I'm just generally a very anxious person could I take like a little more Valium and he was like are you gonna fall asleep and I was like no, no. I promise like, I'm I like wish. on edge right now and he was like all right you can take five more milligrams I was like okay thank you oh my goodness and I took it and I was fine but I was still like terrified <laughs> through the whole procedure but so yeah. it was not like oh, this is going to be really easy. It yeah. was just kind of like, okay, this is the last step. But all right, enough about me. <laughs> What's your update? Um, I mean, kind of actually similarly, um, I feel like I tried to uh, check off a box this week too. And like in my head, I was going to be like, when I'm done, and I really wanted to like come back and tell you guys I succeeded. And then I didn't because I ran into a roadblock. So, but not as like scary or complicated as, uh, you know, eye surgery. <laughs> um <laughs> No, I just was thinking about, um, I also had like medical issues that prompted me to like do this whole slew of appointment setting. And um, I was like, you know what, while I'm at it, I'm finding a therapist today. Yes. So I could go in on Wednesday and tell our listeners like, hey, I did this thing that I can like check off and now I'm going to like get my like professional therapy structure back and, you know, move on here. And so um, my friend Lindsay, who is uh, in training to be a therapist herself, she found me when I first lost my therapist a few months ago. She just Googled a bunch of people and we found this person who was like pretty much my exact same therapist, like on paper. Nice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we both love her. She's like an older, wise lesbian who is exactly who (laughs) I want to counsel me, like at all times in life, but also through like professional counseling. So like we found her and I was like, oh, my gosh, totally sold. Yes. And then I sat on it, right, for like months. And I didn't do anything because I was like, oh, you know, I'm busy. And, you know, you know, a thousand different excuses. And then, you know, yesterday I called and left a message. Um, and then I was sort of like, OK, like done. Like, assumedly, I'll hear back from her in like a day or two. And she pretty much texted me right back and was like, sorry, I'm not accepting new patients this time. And no. I was like, oh, my God, no. Like, I did the thing. <laughs> Why am I not rewarded for my good deed about like – like taking care of myself like on the front ends and doing like preventative maintenance and taking my vitamins that aren't really venomous you know but so I was so I was annoyed and then you know some part of me was like okay Laura that's literally one person just because she fit your like your weird type of like therapy you wanted um it doesn't mean it's like the only person but oh my gosh I am such a creature of habit and I hate change so much like you know like we all are I was just in my head I was like I just got bratty with myself and I was like, no, she was the only one who could have understood. She's the only one who would understand my issues. And this is like the kind of therapist I wanted. And I like made all those like assumptions and judgments immediately without ever literally ever talking to this person. Like I could have walked into that therapy appointment with her (laughs) if she was accepting new patients and it might not have been a good fit at all. I don't know these things, you yeah. know, like, but I was so sure I was like, well, we're not even searching now because the whole thing is, you know, pointless and we're, we're just not going to search and we're not going to have a therapist ever again. So yeah. I just like let that shoot me down for, for a day. And then today I Googled three other therapists okay. who I'm not half as excited about still because I'm still feeling like bratty and resolute sure. about, um, yesterday's therapist, but the tabs are still up on my computer. Okay. I have not X'd them out yet. Yes. They're sitting there. <laughs> and I'm like trying to will myself to be like, okay, even though they're they're like 
service offerings and their descriptions and their bios like don't resonate with me as much as the first therapist did like they could still be a really good fit in person you don't know I just feel spoiled because when I found my like first therapist last year her and I kind of immediately connected and I felt really good with it and I know you didn't have that experience so and a lot of people don't and it's kind of like one of those weird just lucky fortuitous things like that you would connect and feel comfortable with somebody like that and I'm kind of like oh man I don't want to have to like go to (laughs) like do the initial storytelling with like three different people and it might not be like that but in my head I'm building up all of these things that like stop me from like continuing yeah but I think it's really important to find the right person and you've been waiting for so long like you've been saying for the last three weeks or whatever that we've been doing this podcast that you're nervous about it you're stressed about having to trust a new person and Mm -hmm. tell this new person everything about you that your last therapist already knew so like I'm sure that's frustrating and I will tell you that my experience with therapists that I did not connect with right away Mm -hmm in some ways caused me a lot more anxiety because I was like oh my god therapy isn't even gonna work for me and I know you have experience with therapy so you know that it can work Mm -hmm. but like I have decided at least for myself that it's not really worth it to try very hard yeah Yeah. I mean I mean definitely reach out to those Mm -hmm. people if you think that it looks right and there's a chance and like give them a chance for sure but like I I'm I totally hear you on like being excited about that person and now like being unsure and not wanting to just dive right into that because it's hard one it costs money yeah and energy and time emotional energy yeah I just remember my like very first therapy appointment with like the the person who fit me and how exhausting that was like in a good way like but I I remember going home I left work early that day to go to it. And in my head, I was going to go back to work. I think my appointment was like three or something. So I was going to go back for like another couple hours. Yeah. And I ended up like, I couldn't. I like had to go home and sleep. It was ridiculous. Like I feel like things like that normally don't, I don't know. I've never had that experience of like talking to somebody affecting me like that. And I passed out. Like I was exhausted and it, yeah, I don't, I was like emotionally Rex, but I woke up and I like felt a lot more settled and I was kind of like, like she gave me like all sorts of hope and stuff. It wasn't like a bad session at all, but it was just exhausting. Yeah. So like in my head, I'm like, I don't, and presumably it wouldn't be as exhausting because I've, I've sort of, I've at least had practice now, like unloading like that onto a full stranger. So like in my head, I'm like, I know I can do it. Maybe it won't be as draining, but like the idea of doing that over and over again. Yeah. Oh man, it doesn't sound appealing. So and, all sorts uh, of like um pauses and uh slowdowns. Yeah, jeez. So um, what are we like talking about today? Yeah, well, so really quickly, I just wanted to say, yeah. um, when they when you all are listening to this, it's going to be the Monday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to say like have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I hope you all um have great plans. I know that holidays can sometimes be um difficult for people. So if you're feeling nervous or anxious about this upcoming holiday, please reach out to us. We're open. We will yeah. be here. We can respond to Instagram messages, um, emails, whatever. And and the other thing I want to say is like be comfortable being uncomfortable around your family. Like if you don't feel happy being around them, like don't go home for the holidays. Yeah. Right. You can set your own boundaries. You're all adults. Yeah. Like I think it's this, I think it's like a societal thing that people just think they have to be with their families over holidays. But like if that doesn't make you comfortable, don't do it. Yeah. And I know that's easier said than done, of course, but 
I did just want to encourage people like to prioritizing like, your yeah. mental health and yeah. whatever that means. I, I like I like to take lots of like I do spend the holidays with my family, but then I make sure I always have a vehicle with me yep. so I can like get out and yes. like do or just be alone or hang out with friends or yes. do what I need to do like that is one of the benefits <laughs> of having two different houses if Ooh, I'm like yeah. at my mom's house and I just want to get out I can just go to my dad yeah um but most of the time I just go to like a bar down the street <laughs> and meet some of my friends for a drink yeah the neutral yeah. yeah yeah but all right let's dive in to yeah. substance um so last week we talked a lot about parts of our day as lawyers that contribute to mental health issues or mental illness or whatever you've got going on, whether it just be stress or anxiety, depression, um, you know, PTSD, whatever you have, there are several parts of our day. I mean, we got a good chunk of it last week, but Mm -hmm. I think there are probably like hundreds. There's so much more. There's so much more. I mean, you guys know. I'm sure you're thinking of things right now that are like, oh yeah, there are these like 30 things that didn't cover and that's totally fine. They're going to be different for everybody things that are gonna like um be relevant and apply to you aren't going to be relevant and apply to others yeah I think one thing we didn't touch on quite enough is um secondary trauma in the military Mm -hmm. like JAG Mm -hmm. lawyers um so so we've we've been gathering some information on that I had a old friend reach out thank you if you're listening you know who you are for sending me the article that you sent me. Um, so I think we're, we're planning on doing like an episode down the line mm-hmm. about that. So stay tuned. And if you've got anything you want to share about mil- be like being a military lawyer, please do. We, we want to include you all as well. Yeah. Um, but so we talked about a lot of that stuff last week. This week, our plan is to talk about ways to start combating those issues. And I think one in particular yeah. thing. One yeah, that particular. works for both of us, I think, in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, so um, those of us that are on the billable hour, even those of us that aren't, we're all very busy people. This is a busy profession. (laughs) We talked about busy bragging last week um, and not even just, you know, busy bragging like everyone actually is busy. That's that's very common. So um, a lot of us don't have a lot of time in our day to think about mental health, to go to therapy appointments, to go yeah. to psychiatry appointments. The idea of that alone is yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember earlier this year, and I might have already mentioned this on a last episode, on a, on a previous episode, like when I was feeling really, really down about my grandparents. Mm-hmm. I was like in the middle of my work day and mm-hmm. I think I, I think I like said this exact same thing a couple weeks or a couple episodes ago but I can remember literally thinking to myself I do not have time to be sad and it was at that moment that I scheduled myself my first therapy appointment because I was like if I do not put this one hour block mm-hmm. in my schedule I'm never gonna do it it's just gonna build up I'm gonna keep pushing it down 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 yeah. and then I'm gonna explode like it's happened with other issues in yeah. my life so I knew what was happening yeah suppression doesn't usually it works for a second yeah it works for a while yeah it's like a band-aid exactly it's it is exactly a band-aid just come back up yeah. So so our main focus today is going to be talking about how to make time in your schedule to to start thinking about your mental health. Yep. So I wanted to talk about, um, well, firstly, the idea of like scheduling time to think about your mental health also sounds like like even in my head, I do this regularly. Like, but in my head, I'm like, I don't have time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me take out. I don't have time for the things I want to do anyway. Yep. Let me schedule time to think about my mental health. It just sounds like it sounds like a little bit woo and like Mm -hmm. silly to me and that's 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 me sitting here as like a mental health advocate and somebody who like really believes in doing this so like the premise of this sounds kind of like 
silly but I used to do it too when like different like things would like panic me or really flare me during the day before I started managing my mind and my anxiety a little bit better um I would just say like we don't we can't we can't do this right now you know we're not gonna freak out at work like we're not in a good time and place to do this like we're gonna worry about this at like four yep and like and it would be anything like maybe it would be something that's like a personal panic to me or some sort of personal trauma I was working on or it could be like just dealing with a partner who is freaking out for no reason like yeah. in my head you know somebody else's emotions and I wouldn't know how to deal with it yeah um and I and my way to like get things done early on was like okay like yeah that was kind of intense and I don't want to feel like this right now but we don't have time to do this yep. so we're going to have our moment. I didn't want to like not let myself have a moment. I think that's important, but I couldn't have it right then. So I would say, okay, at this point I'm going to schedule time to do so. And then when four o'clock rolled around or six o'clock or that night or whenever it happens, like honestly, I don't know, like 90% of the time, like that initial, like really emotional reaction, reactivity had already passed. Yeah. And then think about it more rationally. Right. So I think that scheduling literally a half hour is such an efficient in a more time efficient way yeah to handle this versus yeah and I think letting it keep on keep keep up keep up keep up yeah so. yeah and I think more broadly um managing all of your time a little bit better can really help um one thing I've started doing very recently and I don't do it every day but when I feel really overwhelmed with work mm-hmm. I schedule all of my assignments on my calendar too so like I have my to-do list, but I will like in the morning, look at my calendar and literally put on there from 11 to 1230 AM. I'm drafting this agreement Mm -hmm. from 1240 to 130. I'm reviewing this email from this person and responding to it. And then you can also build in those breaks. Mm -hmm. And then it also gives you a good overview of your day. So for me, it doesn't feel so much like I'm taking away from the other things that I'm doing because I'm also scheduling those in there. So mm-hmm. if I'm like really scheduling bro- everything, exactly. Yeah. If I'm really worried about assignments or my hours or something like that, I will, I will schedule in, I'll make sure that I have, you know, five hours of work scheduled and then also give myself like a half an hour to take a lunch break or 45 minutes to take a lunch break. And at that time I will, you know, check when my next psychiatry appointment is, mm-hmm. do some self-reflection or whatever. And and this is not going to happen every single day. Like, I don't do this every day. I'm not amazing about it every day. But on those days where you can do it, it's really, for me, it's really, really helpful. Yeah. And, of course, we all get last-minute calls from clients who need things, and you can't stick to the schedule, and that's fine. And you just, like, part of this, part of this scheduling your whole day has to also be letting yourself not stick to that schedule all the time because it's never perfect yeah it's never perfect yeah I was just like when you were saying like scheduling every moment that was literally just giving me a bit of anxiety because yeah in my head I was like well inevitably I'm gonna get some call or email that's gonna throw me off of that schedule and then that will be another reason to like shame myself for not sticking to the schedule but if you but you're right like if you you need to be able to have that schedule be a guide versus yeah the Bible that you need to follow or something. Yeah. And I think it's an essential part of it. And like I said, it's new for me, but it's, it's been helping me on days where I feel really overwhelmed. Um, and I think that, um, part of it also is like 
doing it the day of like mm-hmm. that morning mm-hmm. because I personally and I'm sure it's the same for most of you I can't schedule like my whole week ahead of time because no. I never know what's going to happen yeah things crop up yeah I especially can't do that I don't even have like tons of necessarily ongoing assignments or projects yeah. it's kind of like I'm firefighting a yeah. lot so but but so if I do it in the morning then one it's a good way for me to sort of go through my to-do list and assess what my highest priorities are for that day mm-hmm. and two there's a slightly less chance that I'm going to get thrown off the schedule. Yeah. Like I said, it happens. It just happened to me the other day, but. And it's fine. Yeah. And it's fine. And not reacting to it the way that my initial response is being like, oh my gosh, I failed another thing. I didn't stick to my own self-imposed schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not going to work for everyone. Yeah. I I do like that though. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. So I just tried, honestly, um, a colleague sent me this article that was like, top 15 habits of extremely successful extremely successful people Mm -hmm. and one of them was living by their calendar and scheduling down to the minute rather than just having an ongoing to-do list because what I thought was a really good point and something I know happens to me is when you have a to-do list especially a to-do list full of things that you can't do all in one day Mm -hmm. you're working on a couple things but you've also got all those other items in the back of your mind that you know you're not going to get to yeah and that is 100% me I have a very long to-do list almost all the time and I spend a lot of time looking at my next like three days and this has been a really helpful way for me to just focus on today and as lawyers it's important to know what's upcoming as well but instead of keeping all of those other things in the back of my mind that I have to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day, it's helping me focus on today. And honestly, I feel like I've been more productive with yeah. my day. And I'm sure being more productive, like maybe yeah. helps your mental health. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, feel, or that feeling, honestly, yeah. like that thought that you're being productive. Yeah. And the article itself even said, like include scheduling breaks in there because that's so much, that's so important too. Like I used to think that I should just work through my lunch break every day because it would help me be more productive. But taking a half hour break in the middle of the day or an hour or whatever, I think actually helps me be so much more productive because I'm not as burnt out by like three or 4 PM. I take my break and then my, my brain is like refreshed and I'm ready to go again and have a cup of coffee or something that always helps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on your level yet. I definitely, I feel like like if I take a lunch break or like an hour or half, like whatever it is, like I immediate, my immediate thought is like, Oh my gosh, I'm an hour behind. Like just because I've, I haven't done it. Yeah. So like, and not to say I don't take, you know, sometimes I have errands and sometimes it's not like I'm like, you know, working straight through the day all the time. But the idea of just like taking a lunch and like yeah. doing nothing but lunch, like, um, I'm so, I'm trying to be better, but I'm such like a multitasking fanatic. Yeah. Which I used to, th- this is an interesting point because I feel like, remember how we were talking about like the type A thing or like, uh, you know, high functioning anxiety, overachieving stuff, like being a point of pride when, when in yeah. reality, like maybe, maybe you shouldn't be so prideful about, you know, being yeah. that way. But I feel like, like I really thought of the multitasking thing as a point of pride too. Like, oh my gosh, like this person's doing one thing at a time. I'm doing three things at yeah. a time. And you know, you always hear all this stuff about like, okay, well you're doing the three things, but they're like at an 80% level, you know? Yeah. And I was always like, they just, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. Like it's all hundred percent over here, um, which is obviously not true. But I was, I've been trying to practice over the last couple of weeks doing one thing at a time yeah. because I've sort of been forced into doing that in this job a little bit because there's so many things flat, like, I don't know, you guys that are in-house counsel, I'm sure can relate. I mean, everybody can relate, but there's so much firefighting that I'm doing that 
I feel like my head's spinning at all yeah. times. And it's not even like that that's necessarily it's my head is so spinning and there's so much little like pop-up issues that are that are honestly usually pretty quick yeah they just happen in rapid succession and they're like due three days ago and I all have just heard of them that I'm like I'm sort of forced to do one thing at a time because it really like bothers me when I can't actually check things off of my list yeah because what's been happening is I'm doing like 15 percent on like 30 things every day and my list never changes yeah and I really need that visual change to help my own anxiety same so like I've been having to like stop myself from obsessively like responding to and checking emails. And I like being really responsive. I think that it's like a great, like it's honestly like one of the things I like about my like lawyer work is that I feel like a lot of attorneys I worked with aren't as kind of responsive and you'll get a response three days later. And then I feel like I'm always really responsive and and I can quickly like sort of triage and be like, okay, this will take me three minutes to look up. Mm -hmm. Let me just handle this. But I've been, I've been sort of pausing that. And I've yeah. been actually like, been like, you know what? I'm not going to look at email for this half hour. I'm just going to get this agreement done and out. Yeah. So like I can check a thing off here and this person can get what they need instead of being yeah. like, yeah, I'm still working on it. You know? Like, yeah. I have two things to say to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is becoming a little bit more just about like scheduling our day. But I think for us, like well, yeah. scheduling time to think about mental health is, is what has worked for both of us. Mm-hmm. But So what I have to say about that is one I have read from multiple sources that scheduling time in your day to look at email is really good for productivity. Oh, yeah. So I, I thought have, you were going to say that about like when you were scheduling like breaks. I was yeah. Gonna, I was going to ask if you scheduled in breaks for like. I do. Firefighting basically. Yeah, for I do. So I have three 15 minute time periods on my calendar every single day. It's just a repeating event to mm-hmm. check email. Mm-hmm. It's 845 to 9. 1245 to 1 and 445 to 5. And I do sometimes when I've got a client emergency going on, I'll check it throughout the day because sometimes it's like I'm waiting for something that I have to review immediately. But depending. Yeah. But when that's not going on, those are the three times a day that I check my email. And again, it's helped me be much more relaxed about the rest of my assignments because I know that my firefighting is going to happen those three times a day. Right. You don't have to like think about like, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm, I need to check my email. I need to check my email. Yeah. I hear the dings coming in and I'm not looking at it. Yeah. And I yeah, had to. That's smart. I like it. Yeah. And I had to really convince myself of that because I'm like you, I like to be very responsive. I like to, you know, I'd like my clients to know that I'm here if they need me for something. Yeah. Um, especially like you and I are working with startups and emerging companies. They literally move a million miles an yeah. hour. And then they're All like, the no, time. I don't need that. Yes, I yeah. need this. And, and then I'm they sure bigger directions. corporations work like that too. I think for they're us. They're just more like, slow moving yeah, vehicles. Like I agree. they have to go through a lot more processes. Yeah. Startups are like nimble and quick, which is awesome, which is why they like get things done. Yeah. yeah. Like, quickly and uh, like efficiently and and, like in a smart way but they also move (laughs) so quickly it's hard to keep track about what they're doing exactly so the one thing that I had to say was that um part of my scheduling is scheduling those three times a day to check my email it's been really really helpful and the second thing that you talked about that I wanted to respond to is doing one thing at a time Mm -hmm. I used to and I still do this sometimes I think everyone's guilty of it but I used to work for like a half an hour on one thing half an hour on another thing and Mm -hmm. I always blamed my own attention span and just like needing to shift my focus every now and then which is true for me I'm (laughs) like it's something like endemic to you that you need to do so this is why I have to do it this way yeah I'm I'm also going to be talking to my psychiatrist about my attention span this weekend because I I think I have like actual attention issues but anyway (laughs) the second thing is Working on one thing at a time is so important. When I first started with my current firm, um, my my 
one of the partners in my firm talked to me about this because she noticed that like a lot of my time entries were like 20 minutes on this day on one thing, half an hour on one thing. And then it would be over a span of like four days working on the same thing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, if like when you can give like two hours to one thing. And so I've tried really hard to do that. And I am so much more productive. It Mm -hmm. has reduced my anxiety about my work because one, I can check things off my checklist so much more often. When you work for a little bit on something and then come back to it a couple days later. You forget things. Yeah. You have to take like 10 minutes to get your mind back into the place where you were when you were working on it the day before. Um, And of course, like I said, it's not always going to be possible. Like sometimes you're going to be in the middle of something and you're going to have to stop and work on something else. But I, I, after I had that conversation with my boss, I made a real effort and I did not believe her at first. (laughs) She's probably going to listen to this. (laughs) I did not believe you at first, but I, I worked really hard to do it because I trust her and I trust both of the partners in my firm who both said that this was a better way to do it. Yeah. So I worked very hard. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I worked very hard to get better at it and it's made such a big improvement in my productivity. Like, and, and it helps when you're scheduling your calendar for the day. I schedule, like I said, I schedule myself an hour and a half on something. So I know for that hour and a half, that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm yeah. not going to switch a half an hour later because I get bored. Right. I might pause my timer and get up sure. and walk around for 30 seconds yeah, because yeah. I get bored. <laughs> because but I you get don't bored need easily. to switch to like something exactly. completely different and then have to like keep on like backing yourself up exactly. and like thinking about where you were before yep it makes sense like honestly my little just my over the past couple of weeks just saying things like oh do things one at a time even though I hear the emails like dinging in and yep. I am I am going to use I'm going to copy your idea of like scheduling time to check emails to help yep. with that piece of it but like I really like the idea of like all right emails are coming in nothing's on fire yep presumably it's okay like we're just going to do this because this thing was on fire yesterday and you couldn't get it done because you were trying to manage the other things that were on fire so like one fire at a time we're not gonna be stressed about the other things and like telling myself that it's kind of been like okay we're not gonna worry about the other things this is the thing we're worrying about yeah yeah I think just like limiting distractions yeah is and that's what it is too it's a distraction like you don't think of like emails as a distraction because they're it's additional work you need to do or right. respond to, but they're just as much of a distra- distraction as like Instagram notifications yeah. or something, you know? So, yeah, I mean, for me, it makes me, it, it increases my anxiety because every time I hear a notification, I like want to check it immediately. I yeah. want to know what it says. I want to know. know what it is. I and know. then I'm like taking time away from what I'm doing. I have to like pause my timer to go look at my email yeah. or to go look at my phone right. and like I know what I've done recently also is scheduled downtime on my phone which is from 10 a.m to 4 p.m every single day I can't use like any of my social media apps I can't use any apps that aren't essential to my day like my email my phone my texts um whatever else is essential I can't open any of the other apps between 10 a.m and 4 p.m and what sparked all of this is If you go into your iPhone, if you have an iPhone and you go into your screen time settings and at the top, it shows you what your daily average is. Mine is, I'm not going to share it. It's embarrassing. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that horrifying uh, image as well. And I was, yeah, my sister and I discovered that and we were like, oh (laughs) yeah. But so if you click see all activity, you can see the amount of notifications that you get in a day. Mm -hmm. My daily average is 266 oh my gosh now I want to check mine 266 times what is that good I'll cut it what is it 
four hours and forty. Mine's five forty one. Oh my god. We should leave it on here just for the interest of full disclosure. How much time do you guys spend on your phones? Yeah. Because it's parent I don't know, I feel like that's like a lot. Drop your screen time in a comment. But mine has reduced yeah. like fifteen percent since I did this downtime thing. So it's getting better. My daily average is three oh eight. For notifications? Oh my god. That's a lot. Today, that's down 23% from last week, by the way. Damn. 308 notifications. That That is actually a lot. If yeah. You think about it. Mine today, just today alone, oh I had God. 274. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure you guys have similar scary sounding numbers. So, yeah. yeah I don't want to waste all that time. Like, I don't. That yeah. seems crazy to and me. And so, yeah. And so, I think just like limiting those notifications helps you set your schedule and stick to it. Yep. And, I just think, again, to the extent that you can set that schedule and stick to it, then you can fit that time to think about your mental health into that schedule. Yeah. And and just That's like a good point, like I said, for me, those those like doing that has has helped me reduce my anxiety quite a bit. That's what like has helped me too. like thinking like this list is actually never going to be fully crossed off I know like as long as I'm go- like and thank thankfully not because yeah. that means I still have work <laughs> like well, that's a hard I transition still have a job you know yeah I think for me that was a hard transition from law school was like there's never a time where the day or where the the assignments are done like in law school you take yeah. a class for a semester then you take an exam and then you're done then you're done until the next semester when and you start like, everything brand new yeah yeah no that's a giant change that's a yeah. giant change for us all transitioning into exactly. actual practice especially because things like in real life are I can cross a thing off my to-do list but then it could actually come back up yep. weeks months years later yep. um but yeah major takeaway is scheduling time to think about mental health and 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 so for us, I think we've both found that that scheduling is important for us. Um, it helps us stay on task. It helps us be more productive. For me, it's helped me reduce my anxiety. But for you all, those those things may not be true. But scheduling the time to think about your mental health can help you figure out what does work for you. Mm-hmm. So so that should be the major takeaway here is you know, maybe scheduling every single assignment over your day is not going to be most productive for you. Yeah. And that's fine. That's what works for us. But I still think it's important to schedule like 30 minutes into one day this week to start thinking about it and to start figuring out what does work for you. Yeah. Um, And so we actually asked on our Instagram, we asked a bunch of you, what do you do to take care of your mental health just in general? Mm -hmm. And we got some really great answers that we want to share with you all because as we've said multiple times, we have our own perspectives. We do our best to share them with you. But we know that everything we say is not going to apply generally to everyone. So if you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen some of these already. But just some of the answers that we got, a lot of the common themes were exercising more often. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking with your friends and family. Um, progressing. Remembering the big picture. I really like that one. I like yeah. that, that really helps me. Like I'll often like I won't schedule time to think about like big picture things like in my work day. That's more mm-hmm. of like a daily assessment on mental health if I need it. Um, yep. But like over the weekends and stuff. Um, I think about like big picture stuff like okay let's get out of the let's get out of the woods here yep. or out of the trees rather and let's like try to see the forest and see the big picture yes. like are we heading in the direction that we want to go on so we feel good about this etc so really like yeah. that one resonated with that same I'm really bad about big picture I, I it's something I've been trying to work on both in my work and just in my personal life mm-hmm. like sometimes I just get so 
down into the details of things that I forget. Like, okay, this client just needs one answer. Right. Like, he does not care about all of these cases from 1963 that right. say all these different things. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. he just wants He's to like, know. Yes or no. Yes yeah, or no. Exactly. Cool. Yes or no. And Moving I have on. to apply that to my own life because like I can spend an hour stressing out about my eyes. I can spend an hour stressing out about how sad I feel. And then I feel more sad and then I feel more anxious. Or I can just look at the big picture and say, Hey, over the last like two weeks, yeah. I've been feeling pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Compared to the rest of this year, the last two weeks have been pretty good. Right. Like so, zooming out the perspective yeah. sometimes is like really enlightening. Yeah. I was just about to read this one and I was like, wow, I really resonate with this. And I realized it was my own response <laughs> <laughs> to the Instagram question. Spoiler alert, we replied oh to our gosh. own story. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, I said, checking in <laughs> with myself daily. I was like, yeah, she's she's got it right. <laughs> Ooh, this person is deep. Wow. Love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> listening to my mind and body over avoidance numbing. But I wanted to talk about the avoidance numbing thing because yeah. I think a lot of things, at least that I do, um, I know that a lot of other people do, like, I, I think there's a place for, like, numbing and avoidant activities as part of self-care. Sure. And I think that there's a place for, like, more, like, introspective, like, mind management, thought work, et cetera. And I think some of, like, the avoidant numbing things are, like, going out with friends, getting drinks, et cetera. Like, not saying that people do that just to, like, avoid whatever's happening in their life. Like, I do yeah. that separate and apart from that. Yeah. But sometimes I'm, like, I'm not I'm not going to think about this right now. Like, we're just going to go out and, like, have a good time. And yeah. I'll think about this tomorrow. So I think there's a time and a place for that. But I've trying to be – I've been trying to pay attention to when I'm doing it and what intentions I have yeah. behind it. Like, am I just – am I, like, going to hang out with this person because – I don't really want to address whatever thing I was supposed to do tonight yep. or am I doing it because I'm like, Oh no, I really want to like, this is like a relaxing break or whatever. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's important. That's a good point. Um, wow. Someone so else. So smart. What a great comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone else wrote writing to process things, which is Ooh, not yes. something I've really done, but yeah, I was going to say, I think that's something that you've done before. Yes. I like that a lot. Um, when I like, sometimes it's a hurdle to like make myself do it because like the idea of like sitting down and taking out a pen and pencil to write mm-hmm. something sounds like yeah. a quote task. But once I do, even if I don't really do much, I do like, I really like it. I actually, I went to Austin this weekend and I sat on the pool deck and edited podcast stuff, but I also brought my notebook out for the first time in forever. And I didn't, I wrote down like two things. Like I did not write a lot. Right. So I was just kind of like doodling while I was like listening to podcast stuff. But like, I don't know. I was just kind of like, you know what? You brought the notebook all the way to Texas. Like you had the intention to do so. You brought it up with you to the pool deck. You brought it out and you opened it. So yeah. like you owe it to yourself. Star. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that was good. That's awesome. We have some um, medication responses in here. Appreciate yeah, the love medication it. Happy positivity. Pills, happy pills. Literal happy pills. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and then one really cool response that we got was from a public defender named Tess in New Mexico. Um, she wrote to us and said that her and her friend are each other's self-care partners love yeah and and so cute. yeah so it's this it's this woman Tess and her friend Carlene there I believe they're both public defenders yeah they are they're both public defenders in New Mexico I still am not sure how they found us but we're, we're happy they did yeah, oh my god so exciting <laughs> um and I thought this concept was really cool and what they have said so so I'm just going to read the message to you all that describes like what being a self-care partner means 
So Tess said, we intentionally build time into our weeks to talk about things that are important to us outside work. We encourage each other to not let work be all consuming and to set, and to set boundaries and to make and consume what makes us joyful. As you said on the podcast, public defense carries with it a huge emotional and spiritual toll. We are very passionate about preventing burnout in ourselves and in others in our line of work. We even did a new employee training on Defender Wellness. We recommend books, podcasts, and TV shows to each other and send each other emotional posts or quotes. We have lunches or dinners together and usually vent, but also share what has brought us joy recently. I just thought that was really awesome. Yeah. And you have like a designated person. Yeah to like go to and talk about this yeah that's awesome and I think that we unintentionally are this for each other right now I mean that's how we started the podcast Mm -hmm. um but not to get all like mushy on you guys but I think we want to be this for you all too yeah you know how (laughs) this is so silly but you know how um like people with podcasts have names for like their listeners oh yeah or their fans like chickens or yeah, yeah like um I listen to my favorite murder and they call their listeners the murderinos I think <laughs> I like want to start calling you guys our self-care partners because Aww. I want to all be self-care partners I for like each that. other let's do that I just want everyone to encourage each other to think about their mental health to yeah. address their mental health in whatever way works for you all I, I encourage you all to find your own self-care partner um Laura and I have really benefited from just sitting down and having these conversations with yeah. each other every week. And Literal texting like each group other. talk accountability. Yeah. I just met with somebody um, who I used to have group therapy with and um, we have both since left that group and yeah. we were talking. I was talking about the podcast and sort of updating her and she was like, I feel like that's like kind of become your group therapy for the week. And I'm yeah. like, you're actually right because it's for sure making me more accountable and yeah. it's like a scheduled time where we so much more talk accountable. about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and I mean, I do literally talk about mental health a lot, but like yeah. having like a structured time to be like, okay, this is what you're doing. You're, you're like, we're going to talk about this thing. Yep. So beneficial. Highly yeah. And even though you guys aren't, here in the room with us like we talk to you like you are um, you are yeah you are you are and then when we get all these messages from you guys after it really feels like you are so yeah it's definitely like throughout the week like we feel yeah. like this like weekly conversation it's honestly a daily conversation yeah. we talk about mental health in this podcast multiple times a day every yep. day in a great way like yeah super happy for this yeah, so do we have any anything else we want to share? I think that's it. Want to do happy pills and Ooh, homework? Happy pills and homework. This, that's our new phrase. So we're going to make t-shirts that say <laughs> let's all wine together. We're going to make coffee mugs that say happy pills and homework. Yeah. Let us know if you guys are into it. <laughs> if not, we'll just have them ourselves and yeah, we'll love we'll it. Just- all right, so what's your happy pill? Um, so my happy pill is the opposite of your happy pill. And we, um, we talked about this a little bit on Instagram. We asked mm-hmm. you guys to... Um, to give us some of your happy pills, which you did, which is awesome. Um, so my happy pill was actually like staying at home for one weekend. Yes. Um, I am a super extrovert. I love to travel. I like love being away from home. I'm kind of rarely at home. I am not you what are you would rarely call at home. a homebody. Same with me, which is why we have trouble scheduling these recording <laughs> yes. sessions every week. But no, so my happy pill is actually like having a weekend at home. Like honestly, before I started managing my mind and anxiety better, that kind of would have freaked me out. Like I don't really have... I have like a loose idea of things I want to do this weekend, but for mm-hmm. sure, like not really much in the way of scheduling. Nice. Which like that did not when people like say like, oh, I did nothing this weekend or like I didn't have anything scheduled or I have a free weekend that would have put severe anxiety in me before. I like yeah. having plans like it freaks me out to not. Yeah. But because I was in New Jersey um, two weeks ago and I was in Austin for like five days 
last weekend. I got home on Monday. So I'm kind of like, okay, I'm just going to like take a breath. Yeah. And like just chill, but like chill in my way. So like I'm going to be like probably again, not at home at all, but like, um, but like I'm going to hike and I want to do some journaling stuff. Going to hang out with a dog, hike around, do Richmondy things. Nice. I'm excited. Those weekends are so important. I really have them too. So tonight's Wednesday, the 20th. Literally, when I leave this recording session, I'm hopping in a car to go to Baltimore and then flying to New York for the weekend for my dad's wedding, which is my happy pill. I'm super excited. I've literally been waiting like nine years for my dad <laughs> to propose to his now fiance. Um, Talk about dragging your feet. Gosh. I know. Well, so <laughs> I'm super proud of him. He's like not super into commitment, which is something I've inherited from him. <laughs> I think it's genetic. Um, Same. But so he finally proposed. They've planned this wedding in a matter of like a couple months. And wow. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited. I like that like low key, yeah. like not a super stressful. Yeah. Brand. And so for Thanksgiving, um, my family, my mom's side of the family is going to North Carolina. Um, after losing my grandparents this year, we don't really want to like be at home because it's our first holiday without them so we're all going to North Carolina and I was getting nervous because I wasn't gonna be able to see my dad so I was nervous about it and then they scheduled this wedding for like the perfect weekend right before Thanksgiving the wedding meal is Thanksgiving dinner oh yeah so I had Thanksgiving dinner last weekend for Friendsgiving I'm having it again for the wedding this weekend and then I'll have it next weekend for actual Thanksgiving Thanksgiving yeah yeah so I'm really excited for that that's my happy pills going just going home to spend time with my family and watch my dad get married and be part of it I'm in the wedding so (laughs) thank you are you the power girl yeah no no (laughs) I'm a bridesmaid I'm a bridesmaid okay yeah, I guess that's sufficient. I just have always had this lifelong dream to be a flower girl. And like, Aww. then I like stopped being like young and cute and it never happened for me. Uh, you so. can be the flower girl in my wedding. <sighs> Do you promise? No, because I might not ever get married. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now I want to talk about, we have some homework on the Ooh, slate. it's homework time. Homework time. Well, I feel like you guys can guess what the homework <laughs> is maybe going to be. Considering yeah. we've just beat it down your throats this whole time um your homework this week is to schedule time in your day to think about your mental health it can be five minutes it can be 30 minutes it can be an hour it can be a whole weekend yeah it can be whatever you want it to be during your busiest part of the day yep or your lunch break saturday morning whatever it is just think about it whether that be big picture or maybe it's thinking about like different like scheduling things like we talked about at length today that would um help you over the week like incrementally like be more productive if that's going to help your anxiety maybe being less productive would help your anxiety you know so sort of do a self-assessment here yep and speak oh segue (laughs) self-assessment um I'm really excited about next week's podcast because we're going to do a whole episode on self-assessment and thinking about you know when when what kind of symptoms you're having or when do you think you have like an issue that would be like quote-unquote big enough to where you would maybe seek other forms of treatment besides just maybe like thinking and stressing about it on your own yep um so we're gonna talk about things upcoming um we're gonna talk about what anxiety feels like for us what depression feels like for me all right thank you guys so much happy thanksgiving thank you have an awesome holiday weekend we can't wait to talk to you next week yep bye bye